Gina podcast, sponsored by Flyro. Yo, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Skin Gene Gina podcast. My name's Lee Conley, your host, your guide, and the legend that is the Skinny Gene Gardener. I, I know I'm the only one that says that, but I'll, I'll keep that in. Uh, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. I'm so excited about this week's guest. I'll explain more after the intro, but I want to say big up to the Flymo for not the Flymo, just Flymo for sponsoring the podcast. Flymo.com forward slash UK. We've done so much gardening recently. I know loads of people are still thinking, oh, maybe we're going to get out this weekend, get a little bit of gardening done. Flymo's the place to go. So many videos, so many hover weeks coming up soon, guys. Hover week. You heard of it? We talked about it last year. Of a week. Get ready for that. Um, you know, so many of you may be thinking, need to tidy up the garden. Flymo, I've got... Hey, guys, here we go. Hey, hey, guys. Maybe you want to tidy your garden up this summer. Then you need to head to flymo.com forward slash UK. How was that? I know, voiceover guy. I know, I know. Exactly. Right, should we get should we get on the podcast? Let's do it. Right, let's get into it, everyone. I'm really, I'm so excited about this one. Uh, let me explain. Dan McFarland, or Mr. MC, or Mc, as we find out later in this podcast, is an absolute legend and lifesaver to parents all around. Uh, and, and before we get into it, Dan, I know you're going to be listening. Thank you so much. I think I do say that in the podcast as well. <laughs> uh, Olive is in early years at the moment, and... You know, being a parent and a teacher, I mean, I'll be honest with you, when we first started this whole schooling thing, two days of it, Olive got dressed in a school uniform, I, don't, I think I might mention it in the interview, dressed in a school uniform, we had a school bell, she waited outside the back door with her school bag on, and then Mr. Connolly, the teacher, that was me, let her in the school. That lasted for two days, and ever since then, well... Schooling's been very different in this house. But part of that schooling is with Mr. MC, all about phonics. Before we really get into it, you must, 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 on the YouTube, check it out, Mr. MC. Check out Dan's work. It's so much fun, and Olive absolutely loves it. I love anything. The reason I wanted to get Dan on the on the podcast is because um, seeing your daughter, seeing my four-and-a-half-year-old daughter, interact with something and actually learn so much is incredible by the way olive did say she was so excited i've never i've never seen a child get dressed so quickly i said oh i'm I'm interviewing mr mc today usually it takes an hour about 10 minutes it took 10 minutes for her to get ready she's really (laughs) dressed in elsa she was there you may hear a rustling about in the background for a little bit she had to get to see mr mc on the screen and then she waltzed off after that. She did pop back in now and again. <laughs> um, homeschooling, guys. Home podcasting. There there we go. What can I say? Uh, so you may hear Olive in the background. Um, but look, this is a great interview. Um, and also, Dan also done a bit of um, forest schooling as well and has some thoughts on kids gardening, which is fantastic. Uh, it's just an, a really nice interview. So firstly, thanks, Dan. But let's get into it. I don't want to tell you too much. I always do that, Then I? I always tell you too much about the interview before we get into it. So, let's hit play on it, and I'll see you on the other side. Cha, 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 cha. 
the garden chit-chat. Cha-cha-cha-cha-cha, the garden chit-chat. Hello. Hello, mate. You all right? I am okay, thank you. I'm just, I've not used Skype in a while. I'm trying to figure <laughs> out how to use it. I don't know if I'm on yet or not. Am I on? We can't see. Oh, there you are. Hi, you all right? Hey, you all right? In the first time ever, um, my daughter wanted to come on and watch. Is that all right? That's okay. Hello. This is Olive. Say hi, Olive. Hello, Olive. You say hello? You're like the Joe Wicks of our family, mate, so... Oh. <laughs> um, don't have as many views but <laughs> no, no, it's not all about the views mate it's about the impact <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah definitely <laughs> um so like i say you're like you're literally like the joe wicks of our our family like every day or every other day at the moment you are saving me uh massively <laughs> because olive is you love you love watching me see didn't you she absolutely loves watching you and and learns so much as well. Like, it's incredible how much she learns. What got you into doing, like, the YouTube video side of things? Um, in about 2016, I started a Facebook page just to share some ideas. And it gathered, like, within about a week or so, that quite a few teachers were following it, a few thousand teachers. And then um, quite um, I did drama as a specialism at, uh, from a PDCE. And then I, I was always, like, a teacher who used to sing songs. And if, if I was bored doing it then they must be bored and I thought if I'm going to do this job till I'm 60 then I need to try and make it my own yeah. and I always say any student teacher I have try and make it your own so um I started the Facebook page and then I thought I've got a couple of songs that I do in class maybe I'll maybe I'll make a, a video or something so I did um the very first song I did was a song called Boom Shake the Alphabet yeah. set to yeah. Will Smith's Boom Shake the Room and it just went crazy in a week and then I was like, well, maybe I could use some of the other songs I have um, uh, that I use in the classroom. So then all of a sudden, that all the songs were very popular. I didn't really like to put myself on video because, you know, who likes to be on video? So then I thought, do you know what? I'll go for it. So I started making phonic videos just for school. And then whenever um, the whole COVID thing came along and schools closed, I thought to myself, well, I can make these pretty easily. And if I put them online for our children, maybe I'll share them on my page because all our teachers might make use of them as well. Because I always try and make sure that whatever I put on that, it tries to reduce the stress of all our teachers and their workload. But then I thought if parents are at home, like parents aren't teachers and I want to reduce their stress because in it, there was one day I was thinking about it. I was talking to my brother because I don't have any children of my own about what he's doing with our nephew. And he was seemed stressed out about it. And I said something to him like, well, what do you want? Um, Caden to remember about this time you being stressed out over schoolwork or the fun and memories you had so if I can put a video on that's like 15 to 20, 10 to 15 minutes sorry 10 to 20 minutes long for phonics that just quick fun that you can watch and then you can get bits done whilst it's on and then when it's over go outside yeah. have fun yeah, and that's it, yeah. that's it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to say that, mate, but yeah, you have been a bit of a saviour for, for me doing work because <laughs> if I live and watch you for a little bit and learn, although I have been watching, I've been learning because it's one of those things as a parent, like you take your kids to school and then you expect the teachers to like obviously do their thing and then the, the kids come back and they tell you what they've been up to and you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but yeah. even for me, like in this past few weeks, I've been learning so much that I just didn't, <laughs> I didn't realise. And especially if you're trying Can I to test you. Oh no, don't! <laughs> oh, God, no. Do you know what a diagraph is? It's um, it's two. Do you know what a diagraph is? Two letters. 
two letters. The main one sign. <laughs> so you have been listening. I've clearly Yay. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, over the years, we've had welcome to school meetings for parents and reading and stuff. And I remember the very first one I ever had to do was already made for me. The first meeting was already prepared for me, so I just had to read from screen. And I was, like, reading all this stuff about digraphs and trigraphs, and I didn't even know what they were because I just started teaching. And on teacher training, we did not have any phonics training at all. I had to learn it on the job. And I was looking at parents, and they were all like, what is this? So in my mind, I was like, right, I need to try and make this as easy as possible. Yeah. So then um, that's why I try and make, I, whenever I'm doing the videos, I try and make it so that if a parent wants to watch, then they'll get some of the humor that's in it yeah. or some of the jokes. Yeah. Or they could just leave, you know, their child to watch it. Because I had a message from a lady from Florida who's watching it with her son who's got ADHD oh, wow. and wasn't coping very well in school. And she said that he bounces up and down on his trampoline in front of the TV, watching it and join in. And now he can read simple sentences. And I just was like, that's just crazy it's a terminolo- terminology i can't even say the word terminology that i <laughs> i lose it lose it on like you wouldn't believe that i got an a star in the english mate but i, <laughs> I i'm useless now <laughs> i i don't think we were taught phonics at school i wasn't taught phonics at school whenever i was a child no, i just no. had to learn it's totally changed do, do you do teaching mainly early years or uh, yeah, I've, I started teaching in 2011 and I've taught, I was early years lead from my second year. So I've been teaching early years until 2018 and then I moved into year one, which is still early years of school, to see what the progression would be like to move you know, into year one and teach with that, teach that year group. And then uh, I moved schools and then went back to be early years lead again because I felt that where I was in year one, I wasn't getting outside anymore. We had this lovely classroom that looked out onto this huge grassy field and we never used it and coming from me being eight uh, eight years and early years and I was for a school trained if they wanted if we wanted to go outside the outdoor area was always there as part of our provision and whenever I was in year one I would have loved to have made that be part of our classroom because they're still only five and five and six yeah they need to go outside so even how I'm looking at our home learning I'm like oh I was watching good morning Britain this morning and uh can't remember the lady's name, but she was like, schools need to open because children don't have time to fill in these worksheets. And I kept hearing, I was making my breakfast, I kept hearing the term worksheets, worksheets, and I banned them yeah. from my classroom. I've not been in my classroom for years, worksheets. So I'm like, you don't need that. You can go You can go outside and get it. I used to, whenever Ofsted were in the last time when I was in early years, they found me outside dressed in welly boots and a big coat <laughs> rolling down a muddy, rolling down a muddy hill. And uh, the lady was like, and what's going on here? <laughs> like the Ofsted lady, well, why we're rolling down a hill and we're measuring, they were actually measuring who could roll the furthest. Oh, wow. <laughs> Maths and stuff. And then there was children, because I remember my proudest moment I ever had was whenever we had the children gathering their own firewood for five weeks. Yeah. And then they had to light a fire, an outdoor fire by themselves. They're only five years old and cook for the other half of the class. Yeah. They had to be fire safety. They had to cook, you know, gather their own firewood and stuff, roll the fire logs over, set up the fire circle. And then they had to cook baked potatoes and beans, I think it was, for the other half of the class. And then they swapped over. Whilst I was there, you know, ready with a bucket of water. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Is it it's, that's one of the things. I, I, um, so I've, I've just brought a new book out, actually. It's all about um, teaching in early years in, in the garden. Is it like an easy thing to... Um, like you say, progress. You say you like struggle a bit in year one to like carry it on. Obviously, early years is a little bit. Um, I mean, as a parent, it seems easier to be able to get 
it into early years learning. But from from the years going up, is that more difficult because there's more more strain on the teachers to get the kids teaching certain things? Yeah, I think it's also I, it's a thing that we all have that as soon as they go into school, they have to be at a table. Yeah. That's how we learn. Like that's but like in early years, we've got these things called the characteristics of effective learning. So we look at how they play and explore. We look at how they investigate. So that's part of our our curriculum that we follow so we can actually bring that in whereas when they go into year one and key stage one and key stage two the teachers have so much that they have to cram in in such a short space of time that stuff just has to get missed out like last year when I was in year one I didn't teach music art history geography none of that for the whole year oh, well. at all and you can and like for me I just didn't feel like I was the teacher I used to be anymore. So I was like, I can't do this. Yeah, but like, it's, it's just, but all our schools are able to do it. And I've seen schools that are bringing provision into their year one classrooms where the children can go off and choose. It's the knowledge of what you've got out in the classroom that can move the children forward. Because some children might see it as, just, I mean, sorry, some teachers might just see it as just play or, oh, they're just out in the garden yeah. that we have. They don't actually know what learning's happening out there. That's the thing. I, I went on a school tour just before it all kicked off. I went on a school tour, and it's amazing to see how different schools try and intertwine it into into the education parts of things. I suppose it's just making it fun and like yeah. hidden hidden education amongst it. I suppose. Yeah, so they don't know they're learning. Like so, like with my phonic videos, and I I do. I try and make it so that yeah, they're going to sit and they're going to learn a new diagraph, but we'll try and make it as fun as possible. Yeah. Like I grew up with like like today's one that's going on has got I don't know if you were the right age for SMTV on Saturday mornings. Oh, who have you got this time? Oh no, no, I don't have uh, any special guests. <laughs> I thought you might. Have, <laughs> I thought you might have because you got um, it's Joe from S Cup Seven. Joe from S Cup Seven, oh, yeah. I'm excited about that, mate. Well, I, like... <laughs> I did. Uh, I like to. My friends say to me, "What '90s classic are you going to ruin this week?" <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've changed I was lying on the sofa a couple of weeks ago and I had music on and I uh, had a couple and I was like oh I could change that into a song so um, I tagged her management in it and then I got a email from Joe and I thought it was a wind up yeah. saying yeah I'll sell him a bit for your video do you want to do this and stuff and I was like okay then I didn't hear back from her then on Sunday I was out for a walk you know your daily hour that you're allowed and I got another email to my phone and I was like, I can't believe this. And I'm like, this is definitely one of my friends. So I sent, um, gave her my number and then she sent me a text through with the video yeah. and stuff. And I just couldn't believe it. <laughs> so what are you, <laughs> like, doing, what you do? What you, um, are you going to ruin SMTV for us, mate? How are you going to do that? Well, do you remember post bag? These go stop. Oh, yeah. yes. So I've got post box and in there. That, so we do the whole dance and everything in the video. And then there's just letters from characters but the children have to read them and figure out which character it is. So one of them, if they try and read it, it says, help, I've got a snake in my boots. Oh, who yeah. could that be? <laughs> and then they've got seconds to discuss. Who could it be? Who could it be? That's brilliant. It's so, it's so, I mean, I think it's so clever how you do it because, like you say, just having an education where kids don't realise that they're they're learning, I just think that's, I think that's just real. I mean, even sometimes... Apart from when you just tested me just a minute ago, <laughs> even though I'm not <laughs> along with it. Um, your time as a forest school teacher. Oh, sorry. What did you say? Oh, you want to say bye? Yeah, because I'm going. Oh, Olive's going. She just wants to say goodbye. Hi, Olive. Have a nice day. Say, see you later. See you later. <laughs> Back to your pants. <laughs>
once was a family man Put a new house in its sin Had quite a lot alone to do Didn't quite know what to do Flymo.com forward slash UK Had a look at what they've got Found it really hit the spot Put a Flymo to cut his lawn And now he's happy Life just feels complete With a Flymo Yeah you know me now he's happy with his lawn mm. Oh yeah, with his lawn mm. Oh, you're taking it out? <laughs> she was desperate to see you. <laughs> we, we, told, we, were, um, we were just sitting watching telly a minute ago. And uh, watching Mr. Tumble, and I said, "Oh, I'm off to go and speak to Mr. MC now." And she's like, oh, "I've never seen her get changed so quickly." She's like, "I'm going to dress up for oh, <laughs> um, oh, that sounds so good, man. Like, um, so your time as a forest school teacher, okay? Your time as a forest school teacher, um, how was that? So, are you, do you still do in forest school, or you don't don't do it anymore? At the minute, at the school I'm at. I've just started there in September, so I've not. I've been making loads of changes since I've started, and that's one of the things on the list. Right. We've got a lovely, we've got a lovely outdoor area that's got trees, and there's like loads of big logs for them to move around. And we've got like there's a bit that's you know playground looking, you know, with the usual markings, yeah. fence, homes, <laughs> and then there's like um there's a mud kitchen thing that I'm developing. So we've got pots and pans and spades and rakes and. Oh, just loads of things, and we've got tarpaulins and clips, so it's it's coming along. So I'm not doing it at the minute, but whenever I used to do forest school before, whenever it started, I was only allowed one afternoon a week, right? Because I think the head teacher at the time didn't really understand it was it was brand new at the time to us anyway. Didn't understand how you could still get your English literacy and maths into it and stuff like that. So now I was like, right, I'm gonna. I'm going to make a point here. So by the time I left, when I was leaving that school, the whole couple of years before that, we opened it up so that it was there all the time. So they had, the children could have the classroom. They had the normal outdoor area, which you would see in all settings with like the usual you know, tough plastic tough trays outside with bits in. And then they had this grassy slope with a forest. So if they wanted to go down there, they just had to say, can we go down there? And I would say, we all had the kit ready. So we've got wellies in school that they bring in. And then uh, they've got like the outdoor kit that they can just pull on. Yeah. But that's part of yeah. our assessments as well, because children have to get changed themselves. It's one of our assessment things. So they would put it all on. And then one of us, one of the staff would go down with them and we'd have the forest area open so that it was there all the time. But like if we were going to do big things like have a fire or get the big bow saws out to saw bits off trees, yeah. then we would yeah. have to have it as like a session to teach them the safety. But then like in my classroom this year, I brought in like hammers and saws and um, stuff like that, so they can have an area outside, so they can make make whatever they want. Yeah, I visited one, I visited one school last year, and the kids were using a jigsaw. No I know. 
I was up and I was training to be forest goal. I used to hate getting dirty, okay, which is, uh, and I was sitting on this forest goal training because nobody else wanted to train. And I was like, I'm not rolling down that hill. And then all of a sudden, I was getting, as the week went on, I was getting into it. And then I was like putting mud, you know, stripes on my face and crawling across the floor. Because you just, I think whenever you do it, you say, I don't know, because I'm sort of laughing as if I'm, you know, talking about it as if I'm a child again. You sort of remember what it was like. And I've been reading this book recently. And, um, oh, gosh. I think it's called Free to Learn about how children don't play as much outside. And do you remember whenever, like, whenever I was younger, I used to be able to go to like, the top of the road and stuff like that. Whereas now, I couldn't imagine. If a child in my class was like, I, I was at the top of the road the other day, I was like, on, on your own? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe this. Like, it's just every, like, there's that fear of the outside. And like, if you're in a forest, I've, you know, I was out walking the other day and around Abbey Park in Leicester and I heard a parent shout at the child, get off the grass. You don't want your good shoes to get muddy. And I was like, well, it's been dry for, well, it was had, had been dry since the whole lockdown. I was like, then nothing's going to happen. We used to have this display, which was like a dirty T-shirt and trousers on a board covered in mud and stuff. And we would label it and say, this is when your child was learning to be resilient. This is when your child was learning to be creative and that sort of thing. Because like, you can wash all that off. But you, the memories will still be there. That's what it is. If so you, you don't have those memories, then I don't, I don't know. There's a, there's a, there is that fear around the outside. It's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because when I was younger, I used to always, my mum and dad used to let me go, and we had like, a woodland we always used to play in, make dens and stuff. And now with my, I've, got, I've only got Olive, my daughter, and I can't imagine letting her just run off for like, I was going for like three hours, four hours at a time. Yeah. And no one even questioned it. I can't imagine doing that. And I don't know if that's because of the way... I don't know if that's the way that... Oh, I don't know. I don't actually know why that is. As parents, yeah, why we like that? I'll send you the name of the book I'm reading. It's just, I, I never thought about it before. Because then, like, when children come to school... Also, because I'm from Northern Ireland. I'm from, like, a seaside town. So, for me, growing up in the countryside, it's just something that happened. To be able to have grass and hills and beach and sand... So that whenever I'm teaching them things, I need to remember that some of the children I teach don't even don't have a garden. No. Don't have some of them have one room. One room and a kitchen. And they've never had it. So then they come to school when they're outside playing, whenever it's time to come in to like do, you know, the session on the carpet, they were like, No, I don't want to come in, you can't make me. And I used to be like, get in now. And then I've realized, but they're loving that out there. I can see what they, they mom, it's almost like I'm taking it away from them again, that joy of being outside. So then we have to think about it. As, and I think this is our chance to make education different. When we go back to school, I keep saying to people, because I've had parents message me going, you know, I'm not really, my child, my school are giving me tasks to do Monday to Friday and it has to be uploaded by 3 p.m. and all this um, drama. And I've, not, I've only done two of them this week. I feel like I failed as a parent. I went, do you know what? You have not. If your child's got food in their belly and a roof over their house and know that you care about them, that's all that matters. Yeah. Everyone, yeah. when we go back to school, we don't know what education's going to be like. But now's the time to change it. Change the curriculum. You're, you're definitely right. Because even like, <clears throat> so my wife's a nurse and she's been working, she only works two days a week. But um, so I'm with Olive for two days and I'll get like, they've sent us loads and loads of paperwork back for her. And um, I'll only get like one sheet done. <laughs> and yeah. I'll be like, oh god, like I'm not done enough. Not done. We had a great day. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like, oh my gosh, right? We've watched you, so that's my that's one tick done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so yeah, it's, it's difficult in that in that sense as a parent to to worry. But I do think you're right. Like 
it will change things totally the way that people see education and has to like teachers teachers have been able to grade GCSE students based on the work they've been doing all year yeah I know that some people excel more in exams you still need to have that bit in it but I I used to panic at exams like it all comes down to that one day and you if you're not feeling well well yeah that's it yeah, it would definitely change things. I think only for the better. But it's really interesting what you said about, like you're the only point of, of gardening or being outside for children, is at the school. And I think that's a really that's a really interesting yeah. thing that, like I say, not everyone's got a garden. Like I feel so lucky at the moment, especially in what the situation we're in, to have a garden. I think. I don't know what I don't I really don't know. Like the experience of a garden shed, like you're in like a garden, like having that little bit that's outside, away from the house, but still within your secure environment of the family home. Yeah. Because like there's still this a child I taught years ago, and I was like, oh god, their behaviour is just off the wall, and uh, they lived in a one bed flat with like four or five of their other brothers and sisters, and they weren't they didn't have a garden and they didn't go anywhere. And it it just makes you think, like whenever we read all these amazing stories about, you know, we're going on a bear hunt and we're going to go over these hills and grass. Well, if the children haven't experienced that, you need to give them that experience. Yeah. So I remember like if we were going to do that book, I would take them outside and we would just go out and play in it. We'd roll through the grass. What's it like to stomp in the mud? Oh, there was this most amazing moment that happened this term. Some of the, it had rained and the children had put the wellies on. And it was this bit of the garden that just turned into a swamp because it was just a bucket and bucket. And they were jumping and jumping in it. And I hadn't, I'd forgotten to bring my like outdoory trousers with me. So I was dressed in my teacher gear, which is just a pair of chinos and a shirt. As long as there's a shirt there. And she jumped that hard at it that it splattered against my trousers. And they all went, the silence, I went, and I went, picked up, I went, oh, who cares? And I just like, I started jumping in it in my school shoes. And I was like, yay. And then all of a sudden, like 20 of them were doing it. And then they were jumping to the beat and we made up a song on the spot. That's fantastic. It's just give, giving them that, uh, that chance to do it, innit? And allow, the allowing them to do it as well. Definitely, man. Mm-hmm. One of the things uh, I wanted to ask you was, um, I, I, like I say, I recently went on a school tour and I got all the kids in the playground, like, like it's all primary school kids that I, I usually deal with, and they were all sowing um, seeds in little pots and we, we got 10,000 children in one week um, all sowing seeds. And... Mm-hmm. It was a whole week of touring the country, and one of the things that I found at the end of it was because I'm in the garden industry and trying to get kids gardening, that I I almost could have become the problem because and I don't know how you how you feel about this, but for people like me who who come and get kids excited about gardening, get them to sow seeds and then basically say see you later and leave it to the teachers, is that sort of thing uh, is that sort of thing a problem for teachers to to handle because I mean, I suppose for you, maybe not, but for teachers that are not massively into gardening or getting kids outside, is that sort of like dumping a problem on them since see you later? I can see some of them. I think some of them would maybe carry on for a week and be like, oh, okay, yeah, this is great. Let's carry on. And then they would slowly fade out again. But for any teacher that, I, that I've come across with, even the ones who are very stern as in new, I think like even it has to affect their practice, their teaching practice a little bit. Like whenever you go out and do that, you are still you're giving the seeds, you know, you're planting your seeds, but you're still leaving a bit of you behind in that school that'll always be there. Like 
And since I followed you on Instagram, I've been looking at things you've been doing. I went, oh, yeah, I could do that in my classroom. Like, and I thought I was very, like, up and at all and all the information. So when you're going out and doing that, the children will still remember that and still talk about it. Some teachers might think, oh, my gosh, how am I going to do this? I've got no knowledge. I've got no time because I've got five lessons of maths to do today and catch up from yesterday's English. But in their mind, they'll think, I know any teacher I know will think, right, they really enjoyed that. How could I get that into they're learning like at the minute all the home learning that we're setting is all those other subjects like everyone's getting English and maths into the understanding of the world around us and the PE and the music and the art and the gardening rather than because we can't because whenever you're teaching English and maths you sort of have to be there whereas it's okay like for phonics I can sort of do it in the videos but whenever you're if we could get it through gardening and stuff like that then I think it is possible what ways do you think um I can support teachers a lot more that um, that might not be massively into it. Mm. <laughs> Big question for you there. <laughs> okay, so I think it would be because a lot of them would say, I know a lot of them will think English and maths, English and maths. Well, if you want the children to write about, so say whenever they're getting older, about experiments that they might do, say if they're growing a plant and they need to, well, why is that one not growing as well? And they're going to do an experiment, the usual one, one's under a cup and one's got no water and that sort of thing. Well, they're going to need to have experienced that a few times before to understand how a plant grows. Yeah. And yeah. so if they have, I always say, children have to live it before they can write it and talk about, you know, and talk about it again. So the more, time, the more experiences they get with it, the more ingrained it will be in their minds and they can progress that learning even further. Because like in ours, we're growing the seeds and talk, oh, wow, look at that growing. That's because of the sunlight and the water. Whereas in year one, they can move on a bit more. So it's just looking at the progression of the skills and the language you might use across each year group. Oh, definitely. That's good. Thanks for the advice, mate. <laughs> um, I've got a couple more questions. What advice would you give to parents at the moment who are teaching their, their children at home? Okay, so I would say try and make it as interesting as possible, which is going to sound, what? How can we do that? Just look at how your child might learn. Like, what's your child interested in? And use that as a way, because that's how we plan our um, learning in the classroom. So say, is your child, is that Frozen or Cinderella or something she's wearing? Like, if they're interested in Disney things, look at how you could get, um, you know, if you have to do writing or maths and stuff into... Like, you know, you could do it through Disney. Like, there's a child in my class who loves, what's the action hero called he had the other day? The Hulk. And they had made a whole Hulk costume. And then they made labels and post-it notes and stuck it on. Like, arm, leg, this is my costume. And like that was his literacy for the week. Whereas for me, I'll teach them the phonic sounds and stuff. I'll teach them how to construct a sentence. But then you can put that, you can apply that to anything, really. So, like, like next week we're learning about... Um, what is it we're doing again? I only planned it yesterday. Uh, positional language. So I've said things like, if you're tidying up around the house, get your child to help you, or if you're out in the garden, and use the, the, these words that I want you to use in context. But I'd say for parents, yeah, look at, look at, spend time just playing with your child. Play alongside them, because then you'll learn a lot more from how they learn by watching them play. Yeah, and don't worry about getting the stuff uploaded onto the website. It's not going to mean anything. Teachers have enough to do other than that, Raz. Look at, you know, look at all this work that's going on the website yeah. all the time. You're, I'm, I did a, an interview the other day and I just said everyone should cut themselves a bit of slack. 
yeah, definitely at the start of this time for sure. Um, where can we uh, find your stuff? Um, you can find me on, if you go on Facebook and type Mr. Mac, which is MC, Megan Memories, it should come up, or Mr. Mac Early Years on Facebook. It's the same on Instagram and YouTube, it's Mr. Mac. Uh, <laughs> it's on YouTube. It's uh, this thing, if you just type in Mr. Mac Phonics, it'll come up, or Boom Shake the Alphabet, it'll come up on there. And I've got a website, uh, Mr. Mac, which is MC, MeganMemories.com. Yeah, you're known as Mr. MC around here, mate. Mr. M- Everyone calls me Mr. MC or Mr. Mook. <laughs> Great. I'm not sure which. So my name is Mr. Mac Farland. But yeah. <laughs> Mate, thanks so much for being on the podcast. No problem. No problem at all. Thank you. And there we have it, everyone. Thank you so much, Dan, for being part of this podcast. I'm I'm so proud to have you on. Uh, and what a great chat. Like, honestly, please go and check him out on the YouTube, Mr. MC or Mr. Mook, if you if you fancy it. Uh, Dan McFarland right there. Uh, thanks so much. And I hope you learned something from that. I mean, the biggest thing I'm taking away from this whole homeschooling thing is... You know, we need to make some sort of memories from it. And I'm I'm still learning. I'm still trying at the moment not to be, like, so structured with everything. And, you know, in the future, the far, far future, hopefully we'll be looking back at this and thinking, didn't we have a nice time, all of us, all together, locked up for however long? <laughs> memories. It's all about the memories. Always say that. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll speak to you next time. Migration. Podcast sponsored by Flyro.